Frio lost a close one to the Bombers last week. They've got their faithful back in the house. And they pull off an epic win. They're going to be able to celebrate with their fans with a big win against the top eight team. Well done, GWS Giants. And the Dogs win big. Western Louisville Bulldogs by 111. Welcome to Sports Speak Podcast. Today, I am joined by Jono and Charlie to discuss all things AFL. All right, shall we get stuck in? We'll just get straight into a bit of footy chat, I reckon. I love it. Good weekend for it. Oh, was it ever? Was it ever? Why don't we start with the um, the idiots and their multis? Because I'm pretty <laughs> steamed about that. <laughs> so a bit of context. There was a, a bloke who's basically gone, what, DM Duncan on Instagram saying he's cost him money and all that kind of crap, called him a pussy. This is nothing new, though. This has been happening for ever since fantasy's been around, ever since gambling's been so heavily promoted. There's, I feel like there's one, there's at least five or six that come out in the media every year, but there's there'd be hundreds to players every round, guaranteed. Yeah, and it's just bloody... It's ridiculous. I can't believe. Look, I love a punt. I love a multi as well. But the minute that you put your you put your money up for something to happen, there's no responsibility for anybody else but yourself. It's that simple. That's where the risk is involved, and you can't blame a bloke getting knocked out like Mitch Duncan did yesterday, yeah. and the next go, oh well, this is all your fault. It's like, no, you made the bet. It's your fault. And it's not the first. It was Dylan Grimes last year or year before. Essendon fans yeah. got up him. Yeah, Grimesy last year, there was a few diving incidents, let's call them, that uh, even like progressed a little bit further where police were called, charges were actually laid against a bloke who was who was threatening Dylan and he's actually his family as well when Dylan uh, was away. So it was, yeah, it's pretty full on. There has to be some sort of tangible thing that happens to these people because they shouldn't be able to just be able to unload the fact that they've pumped a whole bunch of money into a multi or something and it hasn't worked. It's mm. rife in the, in the NRL as well. And players even talk about it openly. I mean, I think Josh Adokar, um, who plays for the Melbourne Storm, had a we don't care about your multi sign made up and did a whole social media campaign on it. It's just wrong. It's like there needs to be something introduced by the gambling companies and either the police or the governing bodies that there is a clear path to either prosecuting these people or kicking them out of the game or suspended or something like that. There's got to be some area that you can sort of take some of that, some of that control back. They cancel people's memberships and ban them for life and stuff like that, but I mean, they can still go to the footy. 
you know, yeah. just buy a GA ticket and, and turn up. So there needs to be, yeah, you're right, there needs to be something more. And, you know, whether there be some sort of social media abuse law brought in or something like that. I just, I wouldn't cop it at my work. So I think anyone who sort of gives it the old, oh, toughen up, no big deal, they're just a wanker in the stands. Like, no, you wouldn't cop that at your own work. None of us would. There's a lot of things that I can't cop around this sort of stuff. The other ones are where people say, no, it comes to the territory, the the job. I don't think if you saw a, a JD, a job description, for, a, for an AFL player or a contract that says, oh, by the way, you are legally obliged to be abused by people. Good luck. Round 10, who you got, Charlie? Who was the biggest winner out of round 10? Biggest winner? Probably the dogs, I reckon. I reckon the, the, the dogs, and like, look, I don't think the Saints are any good. I think the Saints are, Saints are just simply shit. But I think the performance they put in with a couple of key players out, Dunkley, English still out, obviously. The law, obviously, we've gone by half time, was pretty fucking impressive. And probably slightly just behind them, Collingwood, I reckon. I reckon they put up a pretty good performance today. Pretty stiff to lose. They probably should have won. They led most of the day but just showed that they can play some good footy. They still have a very, very good list. And it wouldn't surprise me if next year they did a full 180 and were a good team again. Because they've got a good list. They've got good players. A little bit of light at the end of the tunnel today, I think. But they're a good team. They are, yeah. I've got the Lions. I thought, what was it, sixth in a row? or fifth in a row and beating the Tigers pretty soundly was a really, really big win. The Doggies are the obvious one. I don't want to go with them. St Kilda just no-showed that game, so it's hard to read much more into it than that. The other one for me is the Giants. I reckon beating the Eagles with all those injuries and just hanging into that top eight range, that's a pretty big day for them. I did not... The closer... Once I found out Toby Green was out, I I wasn't really expecting that. Good for them. Big, big tick for me. Jono? Definitely Brisbane. They've clicked. Like they withstood a pretty pretty decent opening salvo from the Tigers and stood up to that pretty well. Like they put the acid on them. They looked like, oh no, no Darcy Gardner. This could be a nightmare. And then from there, they were sort of they were clearly the better side. But I mean, I really like the Giants today. I get to watch a lot of the Giants games. Basically, their season changed the minute that Cornelio got injured because it threw Callum Ward back into the guts. And they are a much stronger side when he's in that middle because he gives them a whole lot of starch and allows some of the other guys to do a bit more free-flowing sort of stuff. And West Coast were good today, but they they just don't have enough options if they're not taking marks up front. And the Giants' midfield just keeps coming at you. They're they're quite a good side, and they'll be a better side next year because they're getting some really good games into some pretty interesting young, young players, especially in the back line, I think. I think they're a team to watch for sure. Biggest loser. What do you think, Sage? Uh, look, the Saints. I mean, that was just pathetic. The it, obvious one. It's it's yeah. so obvious, but you can't ignore it. You got done by 111. That's their third loss by more than 70 this year. For the team that I thought would be the freewheeling, high-scoring, you know, league pass AFL team, they stink, and they give up really quickly. 
Yeah, and they drop immediately. That's that's what's concerning. And I actually think Ratten's a decent coach, so I don't really I don't really know what to make of the fact that they've blown you know, you, you have you can have one big loss, but you shouldn't repeat the dose twice, let alone thrice. Oh, it's a big concern for me. That's just queuing the rack on the season. Their percentage is awful. They're done. Yeah, their run home is awful too. They they have some away games at some really tough places to play. They've got to play like I think still five of the top six. They've got to play the rest of the season. You think what thirteen wins probably gets you into the eight. They're sitting on four wins at the moment from ten games. You got twelve games left. You've got to win what, another nine. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, in, that. they're in big trouble. No the other one, if I'm choosing a less obvious target, probably the Eagles. Yeah, I just thought they were going to go seven and three, and from there, that's a launching pad to get some home Perth finals, and they blew it against a half-strength Giants team. Yeah, I suppose it's a missed, a pretty big missed opportunity. It'd be pretty flat if I was a North supporter today too. Look, I'd be flat if I was a North supporter in general, but <laughs> well, coming off obviously last week and playing some good footy to come up against an Essendon team who have been really hit or miss, a good opportunity to have a crack at another, you know, what, what's probably not one of the better teams in the comp, probably down the bottom end of the comp. And they got spanked. Just no, nothing more to it than that. They really showed like a lack of effort as well. So I'd be I'd be pretty flat with that. Coming off a, a win and down in Tassie, you, you'd think you'd get more than that from them, but apparently not. Jono, what do you got? Look, Hawthorne are rubbish, but I think they know that they're rubbish. So there's not too much to sort of say. On that, the thing the thing that disappoints me is with Hawthorne is I mean, guys like CJ and Scrimshaw. I think Clarkson sort of muzzled them a bit. Can I interrupt you for a sec? Are you choosing Hawthorne as your biggest loser of the round? Yeah, we got beat by Carlton. That's always a loss. I mean, outside of outside of St Kilda, but we already talked about them, so we were pretty bad, and Carlton were good enough to beat us, and we've shown we. Sh- what we showed earlier in the season is completely gone. So it's going to be a very long 13 rounds, I think. Umpires swallowing the whistle in the final couple of minutes. Three games this season already decided in the last minute. I am concerned that this will happen in a really big game. Are umpires scared to make a big call at the end? No. I don't, I don't think... I think we put way too much emphasis on the last two minutes because it's the part that decides the game. Umpires miss calls all the time. It's in the nature of the job. It's the nature of a lot of the rules of AFL are very much interpretation rules. They're not clear, especially 15-meter rules, especially deliberate rules, these sorts of things. So, yes, there's been obviously some controversy or some missed calls, but, I mean, you go back to those three games, there's 15 missed calls throughout the game that potentially have cost goals or have cost, you know. Sliding doors. Yep. Yeah, it's very much a sliding door sort of thing. I think we put way too much emphasis on an umpire that, that, that might miss something in the last couple of minutes because at the end of the day, they're human. They're going to miss stuff. I don't think, I don't buy into the fact that they're afraid to make the call because, you know, in years gone by, they have made the call. Anything to add there, Jono? You're just nodding along to Charlie's point. No, I agree wholeheartedly with Charlie. The only thing the only thing I'd add is that you make a call, you don't make a call, you're under the same sort of scrutiny 
So you're not going to be scared to make the call. You just either make it or you don't in the heat of the moment. And it's like, you know, you, you cop it and you move on. This is a this is an interesting one, and Charlie, maybe you'll have some input on this. And and I believe this is just the way players are, but I'm going to pose the question. So today at the final siren, Collingwood had lost to Port. Within seconds of that happening, players are having a laugh, chatting to each other and their opposition. Should they care more? Look, game's over. I'd be more concerned with laughing and joking before a game. After the game, the game's over. You shake hands. Like I mean, back in the day, you'd go and have a beer in the go and have a beer with a bloke after a game. There's still sports they do that around the world. Cricket, every yeah. Time. I after mean, chess. I mean, if you're laughing and joking with a bloke before the, before the game kicks off, then I'd be a little bit more concerned than having a laugh and a joke afterwards. Why is that though? Curious. After the game, all, all you can't do anything. Before the game, you know, if you're laughing and joking like you. It feels like you're not sort of you're not putting the right amount of focus and effort into your into into the, after the game. It doesn't matter because the game's over. But before the game, you should be focused on what's your role, what are you going to do, and you're not there to make friends before the game, especially. But after the game, shake everybody's hand, have a you know pats on the back, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't take an issue with that. I'm curious, Charlie, your no, thoughts. I don't take an issue with with any of it before the game, after the game. You know, especially like you've got to think that, you know, here in Victoria, we've got 10 teams. A lot of these blokes from a lot of clubs, they know each other. They went to school together, played played youth footy together. There's, there's bloody players who live together from other clubs. So why why do we care so much if they see someone they know and they want to say g'day? And, you know, they've just been battling it out for 120 minutes. Why can't they just shake hands, have a laugh and have a smile with, with their mates? They're projecting how upset they are with the result on something that really doesn't have anything to do with it. No, it has nothing to do with the result. Like, you know, even like in games, I've seen players chatting, having a smile, having a laugh with each other. I don't think that there's any right to question whether or not these people want to be there or, you know, if they, they care because, I mean... Why do we? Why do they? People all of a sudden jump to the fact they don't care. Why do we jump to the worst possible scenario? It's weird, isn't it? I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But like you think about like basketball, and they there's you know times where they go up against each other for seven games in a row in a seven game series, and at the end of it, if it's a heartbreaking game seven loss, they're still you know hugging, shaking hands, having a joke with each other, and probably talking about you know how's the family, these sorts of things. You know in, in NFL, they're, you know, players are picking up other players from other teams. And if you've ever watched any of the, the Hard Knocks series, which is the, the, the training camp um, where they follow a team around through training camp in, in the NFL, they go up against other teams in training. They, they show, you know, highlights from the practice games. They've got players on the mic and they're, you know, complimenting other players from like the other team. There's quarterbacks who are getting hit by a defensive line and they're saying, geez, that was a good hit. Love it. The world is so different over there with those things than it is over here. I've never heard commentators in America questioning someone's loyalty to their own team or their effort based on giving LeBron James a hug after the game. Yeah. So I watched a bit of the Hawks and the Blues, Jono, and I, I know you're not a huge Chad Wingard fan, and I'm not here 
to totally can individuals, but I mentioned to you, he ran out of the centre square, had a bloke, arms wide out, on the lead, 20 metres either side of him, all on his own, and he burned him off and took a shot for goal and, and it was touched five metres out through for a point. If they're fair income, he should get dropped for that. They're not going yeah. anywhere anyway, and I think it sends a real message to the young fellas in the team. What do you reckon? Oh, I agree with you totally. The other th- the thing is that it probably won't happen, but, I mean, if anybody could do it and not face any sort of, you know, Clarko's just like... Oh, if it was three or four years ago, Clarko would do that in a heartbeat, but I but, don't know if he'll do it now. So why wouldn't he? He might not see it the same way I do, right? But I see that and I go, you've burned off a young fella on the lead, 20 metres either side, went for the glory kick and didn't even make the distance. Am I expecting something different of him than his own coach probably does? Or is it just, or am I right here and it's just that, that greedy stuff is the stuff that Clarko should go, well, we're, what are we, two and, two and eight? Let's cut that shit out now. I think I think part of it is you bought the ticket, you got to take the ride. Unfortunately, like that's who he is, that's how he has been. I think Clarko would have been much more surprised if he would have hit that bloke up twenty meters out. To be honest, but I'm, I'm I'm finding it really hard to sort of get a figure, get a get a feel for where Clarko is at. Like whether he wants to teach or whether he wants to coach or he wants to make examples of people, he's not doing anything that he's done consistently over. You know, through the last, like he's he's different from even two or three years ago. So I've got no idea. I, if it was Clark over two thousand and sixteen, he'd have dropped Chad for two weeks. But I don't, I don't see him doing it now. Your thoughts, Charlie? I know you're obviously a Tigers man, but they're a pretty disciplined team. I, well, two things with this. I think if you drop Chad Wingard, it's not necessarily to send a message to Chad Wingard to send a message to the rest of the team. Yeah. And I think that is the right thing to do. However, I don't think it's what they'll do. I think what they'll do is they'll leave him in because they don't want to send a message to another team that we don't really value Chad that high that we're just going to drop him. We want to keep Chad's trade value nice and high so that come the end of the season, there's been a lot of talk about this, obviously, I, I think they'll, they'll probably try and trade him off. Well, I'm still, it's, it's, of all the trades that we made, and like I think the O'Meara trade's really bad, but that Wingard one was, it was, it, it was never the right move, even at the time. Now, Charlie, on a previous episode, we had a conversation with Jimmy about uh, how do we put this delicately. Large shits that he was finding around his house, and he was investigating it further. Now, he's not here on the pod today, but he did have an update he wanted me to share, so here we go. Badger update. Badger update. So this is this is the update about the stool samples that he keeps finding human-sized shits, he reckons, and he thinks there's animals on the loose, ferrets and whatnot. So it was cats, all the cats all along. We've popped some tea tree oil around the place and picked up some lavender yesterday, so fingers crossed. He also wanted to mention Aaron Hall has got rid of the cornrows. Well, that's really disappointing. I wanted a bit more... Uh... You know, a bit more Sherlock Holmes type stuff. How, how big are these cats? Yeah, I know. They must be ferals. Big old fat ferals out in Sheffield. That's the update. Thanks for listening in to the episode. For more on Sports Speak, you can catch us on Instagram under sports underscore speak underscore podcast. And we will be back with another episode very, 
very soon. Please subscribe and rate on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks, guys.